بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين. Tonight we get to a couple uh, remaining key points towards the end of the life of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. After the conquest of Mecca, there were actually a number of uh, significant events that happened in pretty, pretty quick uh, succession. You have the Battle of Hunayn, and then you have the Siege of Ta'if, and then you have the Battle of Tabuk, and then you have the final, uh, or I should say the farewell pilgrimage of the Prophet wasallam. The Prophet, he made Hajj one time in his lifetime, والسلام, and it's known as the farewell uh, pilgrimage. So if we start with the first of these of these four things, the Battle of Hunayn, by this point, the, the Muslims, at, at the time of this battle, their army was about 12,000 people. So think just a handful of years prior to this, you have the Battle of Badr, and the Muslims, they have an army of 300. And then Uhud, it goes up to 1,000, but then it drops to 700, because there were 300 of the Munafiqeen who turned away. And then you have the Battle of Al-Ahzab, when you have the city the, uh, being laid siege upon by Quraysh and, and some other uh, tribes as well. And then there were the internal issues as well. And the external army at, at that point in time was roughly 10,000 people. Now, no one has a checklist going and counting each and every head of each and every person. It's more of a general census as opposed to a specific census. And then now we get to the point of the Battle of Hunayn. So I, I just wanted to mention those numbers briefly to help us understand and to reflect on the fact that now the Muslim army is about 12,000 people. This is a massive deal. This is a huge deal. And they're going against the tribe of Hawazin in the Battle of Hunayn. But there was a mistake that some people made. Now the, the senior Sahaba were definitely safe from this. They definitely did not make this mistake. This was from some, some, other, uh, some, some other people among the Muslims. They were very impressed with their numbers because they were seeing things from a material perspective. They were seeing it more from a material perspective as opposed to a spiritual perspective. What did Allah say regarding the battle of Badr? Allah says that He gave victory to the Muslims in the battle of Badr, even though they were small in number, even though they were well outnumbered. But then in terms of the battle of Hunayn, Allah tells us in Surah Tawbah regarding that day, that there were some of you that were very impressed with, with your own... Now, these are Muslims from within the Muslim army, but what Allah is saying, Allah is telling us that within the Muslim ranks, there were some people who were impressed with their own numbers. This is prior to the battle thinking, because we're so big in number, there's no way we're going to lose this battle. But then from the beginning... Things were, were taking a turn for the worse. But then you have the Prophet ﷺ, you know, continuing. And then there were some Sahaba who continued with him. And then there was sort of a comeback from the side of the Muslims. They did, they did end up winning and they gained a huge amount of spoils of war. But the lesson we want to take from it is that it's not about the numbers per se. The numbers, whatever it may be, the numbers, they have their time and their place. But at the end of the day, it's still secondary because what's primary is whether or not Allah helps a person, a group of people, or a community. And that's truly what we want. When it comes to fundraising, when it comes to donation, the quantity has its time and its place. But what's more important is whether or not there's barakah in those numbers. 
the number at Badr was small, but look at how Allah helped them. And then at the beginning of the Battle of Hunayn, right, there, there was this internal issue. So they started to suffer a loss, but then eventually things turned around and they did end up winning. So when we compare and contrast these two situations, 300 here, 12,000 here, but what about the internal state, the internal condition? What about what's going on within the heart of the person, the hearts of the people, because that played a major factor. So, so the Muslims, they end up turning it around, they end up winning. There's a huge amount of spoils of war. And the Prophet, this is the wisdom of the Prophet ﷺ, he gave quantitatively, materialistically, from a material standpoint, he gave more, he gave more from the spoils of war to the new fresh converts. Even though some of them used to be enemies to the Muslims, but then they were fresh converts, the Prophet gave them more. And then some of the Ansar had some questions about it, there were some concerns, and the Prophet explained to them that you may see me giving more of the spoils of war to some as opposed to others. I'm only doing that because they're brand new Muslims and for them it'll make a difference for them in terms of solidifying their faith. Even the material gains I'm giving them are secondary. The primary intention is to strengthen their Iman because that's the priority. But for you, your Iman is already strong. Your Iman is already mature. You don't necessarily need the extra material gains to solidify your Iman. In addition to that, mind you, the Prophet was born where, In Mecca. Where did they just conquer? The city of Mecca. But the Prophet is telling the Ansar, I'm going back with you. I'm not going to live in Mecca. When the Prophet conquered Mecca, when during that duration of time, a few weeks basically, during that time, it's very interesting for us to note that the Prophet, he prayed the prayer of a traveler. He shortened his prayers when he was praying in Mecca. He was born there. He lived there for years, for decades. But his residence had shifted to Medina, wasallam. So even when they conquer Mecca, he prays as a traveler. So at this point, after Hunayn, they had, Hunayn, they had the spoils of war. You have Abu Sufyan and others getting more from a, from a quantitative standpoint. But the Prophet is telling the Ansar, I'm going back with you. I'm choosing you over anyone and everyone else. Because I appreciate everything that you guys have done for me. And, and, and they were more than content after the Prophet gave them their explanation. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Then you have the, you have the battle of, of, of Hunayn, you have the siege of Ta'if. And then you have, you have the battle of Tabuk, which was during a very hot time of the year. And this was when they were going north to face the Romans. The battle of Mu'ta had already happened prior to this. So, so there were already you know, issues with the Romans by this point. So they were going north at that time. And the Romans ended up not showing up and, and they returned. Then you have the farewell pilgrimage of the Prophet ﷺ. And he mentioned a few key points. One of them, if, if anybody is owed any money, any property, because of riba, because of usury, if you're owed anything and it's directly because of that, all of that is canceled today. All of that is canceled. That's one. In addition to that, any of the blood feuds between one tribe or another, which some, there could have been a whore, and we have examples of this from that time period of the Prophet ﷺ. There were tribes that were at war for years because there was a horse race, and then somebody won, somebody lost, and somebody killed the other person. And then there's tribal warfare back and forth, back and forth for years, at times decades. Blood is being lost constantly on both sides. 
And unfortunately, this type of thing, this type of rivalry was very common within the Arabian Peninsula. So the Prophet ﷺ, he canceled all of that. For any of these blood feuds, all of that is canceled today. He also made it very clear that just as men have rights, women have rights too. This was groundbreaking at that time, ﷺ. So we should look at these different things on a practical level. For the men, how are we treating the women in our lives? Are we treating them properly? Are we trying to treat them well? And then the Prophet made something very clear, and this is very important, especially for the time and place that we live in now. He made it very clear that the Arab is not superior to the non-Arab, and the non-Arab is not superior to the Arab, the black is not superior to the white, the white is not superior to the black. The Prophet is putting his foot, he's stamping out racism within his society. So we should ask ourselves, how are we doing internally? Somebody, somebody may have this covert disease where it's covered and it's hidden and they may pray and fast and read Qur'an and do all these things, mashallah, but then within their heart of hearts, if they have this illness, how can they expect Allah to forgive them? How can they expect Allah to enter them into Jannah? How can, because it's an issue of arrogance, I'm better than them. That type of idea does not exist in Jannah. It's impossible. Why? Because Iblis made what mistake? I'm made from fire. He's made from clay. That's why I don't like him. I'm better than him because I'm A and he's B. Iblis, Shaytan, the devil himself, was the original racist. I'm A, Adam is B, therefore I don't like him. So if someone thinks of themselves now, even if they're Muslim, ironically, in a really bad way, if I'm from this part of the world and they're from that part of the world, I'm better than them, then you're following the path of Iblis. You're not following the path of the Prophet ﷺ. The Prophet's making it very clear. And this is to an audience of 150,000 people. He's making it very clear. There are certain things we have to do and there are certain things that we have to avoid ﷺ. So when we come across these reminders, we want to reflect internally and to ask ourselves within our own lives, how are we doing regarding these different concepts and these different issues on a practical level? We ask Allah for pure hearts, we ask Allah for clean hearts, we ask Allah for sound hearts, we ask Allah to accept our efforts and we ask Allah to forgive our mistakes. Rabbana taqabbal minna, innaka anta samil alim wa tub alayna, innaka anta tawabur rahim wa akhiru da'wana, alhamdulillahi rabbil alam.